this morning.
head that once was crowned with thorns is crowned with glory now. The Savior knelt to wash our feet. Now at his feet we
through the shadows, bound for the gallows, a dead man walking till love came calling. Rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up. Six feet under. a peace I've come to know 
Though my heart and flesh may fail, there's an anchor for my soul. I can say it is well. Jesus has overcome, and the grave is overwhelmed. The victory is won. He is risen from the dead, and I will rise when he calls my name. No more sorrow, no more pain. I will rise on eagle's wings before my God. Fall on my knees and rise. I will Yes.
You guys did an awesome, awesome, awesome job. Thanks to Sister Regina. I don't care if you're sweaty. You got your exercise in this morning, didn't you? <laughs> Look at him. Oh my lord. Oh gosh, you're hilarious. You're hilarious. Yes, it was wonderful. Wonderful. Yes. I don't usually do this, but I just want everybody to know these guys worked really hard. It, this is not an easy thing to do. I know it seems like it when it comes right down to it and you hear it, but there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of practicing at home. And these guys, I'm so proud of them. I just had to let you know because they, they did an awesome job today. They did. Absolutely. Hallelujah. I know. A lot of work. I know they're in here, I don't know how many nights a week doing it. But, man, they did a great job. Yes, I they did. The best one. I liked it. Yeah, so, I, th I yeah. think it was, I think all of them are good. So, I can't yeah, compare. But when you can't sing, it's great. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it right. is. Uh, well, want I want to welcome all the first-time guests this morning. If you're here for the very first time, these lights are blinding me. No, if you're here for the very first time, raise your hand real high so that these gentlemen can see who you are, where you are. Raise your hand if you're here for the very first time. Because what's going to happen, they're going to give you a card. Yes, they are. Like this, a big one. <laughs> and take it out to the Welcome Center after the service, and they'll uh, send you over to the cafe and you get anything to eat or drink absolutely free. And hopefully there's something out there. <laughs> no, there will be. So we're just glad that you guys are uh, are here with us on an Easter Sunday. Yes. We know that you didn't have to be, right? Yes, yes. amen. And uh, you're going to welcome the live streamers? Ah, oh, yeah. Oh, you do that today. Come on up here, Lincoln. Uh, hey, we want to uh, thank all of you for being a part yeah. of watching a live stream. Yes. And uh, there is a... Uh, What'd he do? Lincoln. Here. Really tall. He used to sit and bounce on my lap. Now I can bounce on his. Yeah, Lincoln had something came in off of. I think it's Facebook Messenger. And um, Pastor Papa, when we were in the sunrise service, was going through the beginning of the miracle service, and he felt the Lord gave him a name, which was Terry, for ankle and foot pain. And as we're sitting here in service on Facebook Messenger, I think it is, Justin Looper um, messaged in and said, Sunrise service, watching in Tennessee, Brother Dosick had a word of knowledge for Terry, in quotation marks. My wife's name is Terry. She has knee, ankle, and toe pain. This word could be for her. Thank you for obeying God. Yeah, absolutely. We believe so that's awesome. Yeah. Hallelujah. And uh, it's gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Get over here, Phil. Oh, I'm Now, uh, what else you got? That's all I have. That's, and your today. white dress? Yeah. Well, I tried the other one on. You didn't like it, so I'm taking it back. What other one? What did you try on? No, no, you didn't try it. You held it up. I held it up, yes. And you didn't like it. So I t I'm taking it back. But you didn't try it on. <laughs> no. You might have looked different in it. Have you ever put clothes on and you said, no, I don't like it? Yeah. 
that dress. <laughs> I put it well, on and I don't like it. Now there were there was only one hat in the first service. I know. You know what? Seriously, I was going to buy a hat this year to wear, and I was going to bring it out right at the last minute so he wouldn't know. They're seventy-five to eighty-five dollars. I ain't paying no eighty-five dollars for a hat what if that I I'm going to wear one time. What if I just got you a baseball hat? Well, I am not wearing that either. Not on Easter. Okay. Maybe to a ball game. All right. Who's got a hat on? Any, uh, any yeah, ladies uh, have a hat? Come on. If you do, stand up. Stand up. Stand I up. see the hats. Stand up, all you girls in hats. Oh, look at that. Ah, there you go. Beautiful. There, here's one. Ha. Huh. Oh, there, look oh, at that. Man. Oh, there's another right, one. Hallelujah. Yep. Good deal. Yep. And then you look how, very beautiful, ladies. Who got ladies. a new outfit for Easter? I did. I know you did. Not just one, darling. We, you're I, moving right along. I'm taking the other one back. That's the only two you got? No. Yep. <laughs> Not going to lie, no. <laughs> what do you, you do? Prepare for all the weather types that we might face in April? No. You they're just, all sleeveless. So you just got them? I just got them. In other words, they're muscle dresses. I need some muscles. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> well, that's what they call them. Uh, they call them wife beater shirts. Oh, the, <laughs> I just them, heard that. I, them yeah. tanks that men wear. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're a brow beating wife. Yeah. Well, there dress. you go. Right. Hey, the men's got the wife beater t-shirts. We could have the brow beating shirts. Well, you didn't need that to identify you, but I. <laughs> all right. So. Okay. Uh, and you got a new outfit. Who out here got new outfits? They're not going to tell. More m women than men, I'll bet you. Oh, sure. Oh, David, got a, David, stand up. Let's see your outfit. Turn around. Woo! <laughs> okay, David. I didn't think you'd do it. That's why I asked you. <laughs> I, I told them of David's help. David's help? Yeah, the, how he, he, even as a Christian, the devil used him. Remember, remember when I was going through that tough time and I looked over and saw my mirror? Oh, and yes, I stopped yeah. and I said, oh, yes. Phyllis, I said, tell me what you see on my mirror. And yep. you said, well, I see three crosses. Three crosses. So I rolled the window down and tried to erase them. Yes, this is so true. And then uh, I called Randy. I said, Randy, I'm telling you, I have three mirrors appear. Three crosses appeared on my mirror. Yeah. And he said, Oh, you must be around some telephone poles. Yep, that's what he said. So we pulled off the highway. Do yeah. you remember that? First lie of the devil. <laughs> Come And uh, so I said, Randy, I'm getting ready to pull on the freeway. Yeah. And he said, well, maybe they aren't. And then so I uh, went, come to church, had Eric go out and look. Eric tried to wipe them off. And he said, man, yeah. there's three crosses on your yeah. mirror. Yeah, there was. And so then I had the car washed. Three yeah. crosses were still there. Yeah. And those three crosses stayed on there yep. until my David. friend David I know. was borrowing my truck. I know. Backing it out of the garage. Not permission from me, just borrowing <laughs> my truck. Backs out my garage, which is big enough to pull one in, and it should be big enough to take one out. Yep. David rips the whole I know. mirror I know. off my truck. So I see how you say he was used but by the devil. Then, but then, honey, 
any man of God could have discerned what to do. He doesn't get the old mirror. He lets him throw it away. Oh, no, And David. trying to get it fixed before I could find out, <laughs> he put a new one on. So my miracle mirror is someplace mm -hmm. in the dump. But you know what, honey? That might be a witness to somebody. Because if somebody else gets that mirror, seriously, and they honey, put it on broke. their... The mirror wasn't broke. I know it, but he gave it to them. They threw it away. We ought to send him out to the landfill. <laughs> you never know. I'm serious. Somebody might pick that mirror up and see those three crosses in that mirror. Just picking it up. Maybe trash. Picking it up and watch what God will do with that. Maybe one of the corpses David buries <laughs> out there in the landfill. Right. But thanks, you know, the devil used people. But... <laughs> But they did. They, they were on there. And I have them on my phone because I couldn't believe it. I took a picture of it on my phone. Yep. Yep. Have you ever had them up here on your car? No, I never have. Have you ever had flames in your car? No. Oh, yes. Yeah, see, that tells you who's riding with you. No, I had flames in my car when I was young. I was 17 years old, and I was smoking behind my mom and dad's back. <gasps> And I was driving to work and my dad... at the same time you were singing in the bar? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Mm, I might have graduated from that. And dating but, me? <laughs> no, I wasn't dating you then. But anyway, and I was driving to work and I smoking. And mom and dad didn't know it. And so I smoking. Well, I flipped the cigarette out the window and it was in the summertime. And it went right back in the back seat. And I'm looking in my rearview mirror. My dad would have beat me to death because he was a pastor or evangelist, whatever you want to call him. But anyway, he would have beat me to death if he knew I was smoking. So I looked in the mirror, and I see the smoke coming out of the back seat. I'm getting back there. I'm praying. I'm spitting in that hole, trying to... I had no water. <laughs> I had no water. So I'm trying to put it out, and I'm pulling cotton, a little bit of cotton out. I can't pull too much. So anyway, my dad, I didn't say a word to him when I got home that night. My brother was pretty ornery, you know, and, and so... He wasn't nothing like you. No. Lying to your mom and dad, smoking, singing in a bar. No, he was worse. Setting but the clock anyway. back so you could stay out earlier. But anyway, I got to tell you the rest of this. So my dad comes out and he says, that Dennis, he said, he's been out in that parking lot with some woman in that back seat. He said that he's burned a hole with a cigarette. In the back of my, in my car seat, I said, oh, daddy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you married me. <laughs> well, I thought that smoke was from you. So, <laughs> no, smoke wasn't from me. From me smoking. Right. Yep. Hey, we're going to I don't do that anymore. <laughs> what? Smoke. I don't smoke. You're smoking, baby. <laughs> oh, I know. Smoking hot yeah, for right. you. That's right. Amen. All right. What I you got, baby? I am in love with Phyllis. Sing a song like that. Write me a song. That sounded pretty good. No, there's a kind of hush that you should have. <laughs> oh, gosh. We're going back to old Diddy days. Diddy. Is that what they called them? Old Diddies. Hallelujah. All right, let's receive our tithing offering. Then we're going to get into the word today, which I believe you are going to enjoy. 
and uh, if you, uh, for the Easter offering, for the special offering, if you will hold that after we take our regular tithing offering, and then we're going to have our special offering uh, received then. Uh, as you give today, you know it's going to be given back to you. Press down, shaken together, and running over. Men and women are going to give into your bosom. Those that are saved and those that are unsaved. God will mantle us with a favor. And when you give, that seed has a harvest in it. It's not waiting to get a harvest. It has a harvest in itself. And as you sow that seed, that harvest is going to come forth. Because it's a divine seed. The Bible says that God gives seed to the sower. So the seed that you sow is not just a natural gift or a natural offering. It is touched by God himself. And then you have the tithers. The tithers live in a realm of wisdom. The Bible says they don't lead to their own understanding. But in all their ways they acknowledge God. And he directs their path. And as that wisdom leads them... They honor God with their first fruits and their substance. Tithing is the only thing that will open up the windows of heaven. And out of the windows of heaven, plural, come blessings that you and I in a lifetime cannot contain. And they are poured out upon our lives. They come into our lives. They fill our lives, go into our children's lives, fill them. And then they go into our children's children's lives or our grandchildren. Now, Jesus believed in tithing. Somebody said, well, tithing was Old Testament. Well, I understand that, but Jesus believed in tithing. He told the Pharisees, you know, you tithe in mint and aloe and all of these uh, uh, herbs and money, and that you should do. If Jesus had not been a tither, he would not have been a son of Abraham. See, the Bible says... Now, it's unique what the Bible says and what other people say. The Bible says that Jesus looked at Abraham's children that said they were born of Abraham. He said, you can't be Abraham's children because you don't do the works of Abraham. But then the Bible tells us in Galatians, the third chapter, that we are all the sons of Abraham by faith in Jesus Christ. Did Abraham pay tithes? Sure. Who too? Melchizedek. The prince of peace, the king of Salem, and an unendless priesthood. Melchizedek was a pre-New Testament image of Christ with no father, no mother, no beginning, and no end. Then Hebrews, the seventh chapter, says this, that the priests of old received tithe. Should not our priests that have no beginning and no end receive tithe from men now? Now, you can say what you want. You can preach what you want. But, you know, we ought to rightfully divide the scriptures. Tithing is not under the law. Abraham was not under the law. Abraham was a tither, and if we are children of Abraham, it is our inherited nature to do so. You will know them by their fruits. Are we the children of Abraham or not? Now, we're going to receive our tithe today, and the windows of heaven will be opened up on your life, and it will be poured out upon you. 
to a place that you cannot contain. Let's pray over your tithe and offering today. Father, in the name of Jesus, now we join our faith together as a congregation and as individuals. And God, we believe in the endless priesthood of Jesus Christ. We believe, God, the tithe being paid by the sons of faith. And God, today we honor you with our tithe and we honor you with our seed. We thank you that you are faithful to your word as we are faithful to obey. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Stand your feet. Well, happy Resurrection Day. Happy Easter from Only Believe Ministries. We want to welcome you into our service today. Right now, we're taking up tithe and offering. Uh, you can go online to obmcc.org to give if you have an offering to give today. But I also wanted to encourage you that today is the day our Savior is risen. He's alive. He's well. And he's working and moving on your behalf. And today, I know we are going to have a great message. Pastor Randy is going to deliver a word today that is going to be life-changing. Then at the end of service, we're going to take some time for reflection, some time to reflect on the hope, on Christ, on all he's done for us. So I encourage you to stay tuned, stay with us. Uh, we'll give you some instructions later on in the service, but we love you. Please share this video, like this video, and we will see you all in just a little bit. Thank you. Hallelujah. Well, now we're going to receive our special Easter offering. Uh, these yellow uh, envelopes, this simply goes to upgrade everything in our church. And over a year period of time, believe me, it wears out. And uh, so we receive this Easter offering to upgrade as well as to maintain the things that happen right here at the church. So uh, many of you have taken the challenge and... Uh, are going to participate in the special offering. And I believe the Bible said you give a prophet a, a, a gift, you receive a prophet's reward. Give a disciple a cup of water, you even receive a reward for that cup of water. So as you're giving today, God sees the intent, he sees the purpose, and he sees the need. And God's going to bless you, and God's going to reward you for it. So at this time, we ask you to bring your Easter offering down front. Jason, thank you. Hallelujah. And we have a, a young lady that was a member of our church. Heather, would you come up here? Uh, so many years ago, uh, in 2000, 
I think 2000, I don't know when it was, I was in a miracle service, <clears throat> and uh, Heather was in that service. And uh, Heather had a condition that she'll tell you about, and uh, she'll tell you what happened on that night, Thursday night in Kenton, Ohio. Kenton, Ohio. And uh, so uh, her mother has went to Providence. What in the world that was about? But she's married, and uh, they, she's uh, attended the services sometimes up there, which I'm very grateful for. But Heather, tell them your story. So I had an autoimmune disorder, and I had a condition where it would cause me like lumps and bumps. And you know, I was starting to be a member here at the church, and through God's faithfulness and being under. But you didn't wear clothes like you wear now. No, I had to wear loose clothes. You had to wear very loose, loose clothes. clothes. Yes. And. Uh, what happened on Thursday night in Kenton, Ohio? So I prayed and I believed and it came forward and God just really touched me and healed me. And I told you, I said, now in three days, all those tumors were going to be gone. So on a Sunday morning, she comes walking down out of the balcony and I said, oh my God, that's that girl. Oh no. What if it didn't work? And what happened when you got up that day? The tumors were gone. The tumors were gone off of her body. And I, that is a great testimony. And uh, I'm just glad that Heather is still living for God, still serving God, and has a great testimony for her children and for her grandchildren. Amen? Hallelujah. So, Heather, thank you for coming. Praise God. Hallelujah. Can you help her down there, Randy? Hallelujah. You know, God is a miracle God, amen, and uh, he does miracles all the time. They're waiting. All he is doing is waiting for faith to invite him into your problem, a lack of faith or a dead faith, faith that is not active, reaching out to God is simply a faith that is saying, God, I don't need you. I don't want you. I've got another plan. I can do it on my own. But God is waiting for faith to allow him to come. So how many of you want God to come into your life and do a miracle? Well, he is here to do just that. He is here to heal autoimmune system problems. He's here to heal arthritis, cancers, tumors. He's here to do what you cannot do on your own. So if you just lift up your hand and just worship him just for a moment, just tell him how grateful for you, for him you are. Tell him who he is to you. I know that he is my healer, that he is my provider. He is the one that has come into my darkness and given me peace. He is the light of my path. He is the wisdom that speaks behind me. He is the spirit that calls me to him. He is the spirit that strengthens me and blesses me. God, I thank you for Jesus. 
I thank you, God, that Jesus has borne my poverty, 2 Corinthians 8, 9, and that he has borne my sicknesses and diseases. Now, God, I loose right now the working of miracles, and I loose the gifts of healing, God, all across this congregation. I command God terminal diseases to die in the name of Jesus. I command you to come out of them. God, I loose the working of miracles into the marrow of the bone. I speak, God, to a pinched nerve that is up in the uh, left shoulder. I want to thank you, God, that that is rem being removed right now. All that inflammation is gone. I speak to the sciatica nerve. In Jesus' name, I curse you. I command you to, to be normal. I command all of the inflammation. I command you to come out right now. God, I loose the working of miracles. I speak to vertebras, God, and disc in the back. I command them to be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak, God, to car accident victims. I speak to truck accidents, God. I speak to a person, God, that was in a boating accident. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that is being restored down the right side of your back. God is healing that in Jesus Christ's name. God, I loose miracles in the feet, in the ankles, God, in the lower back, into the hip area, God. I loose miracles into organs, kidneys, heart, lungs, God. I curse you right now. I command miracles to take place and glorify Jesus Christ. Now, God, I loose right now miracles in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah, God. We thank you. Come on, somebody shout, Jesus. Hallelujah. All for his glory. All for his glory. All for his glory. Hallelujah. Now, I usually preach on Easter. But I had a young man come to me with an idea for a message. Now, I know some of you say, oh, my gosh, my pastor's not going to preach on Easter. Please, if you came for me, you came for a great disappointment. We come here as the body of Christ to hear the voices that God has called forth to speak into our life. We are not into hero worship. We are not dependent on one gift. We are dependent on a five-fold gift. We are dependent upon the voices that God anoints for our lives. Could I get an amen? And so we are not going to get caught up in some religious formula to appease religious people. Now, we're not going to do that because it's dangerous. It's dangerous to be a respected person. Hunger after the word. And if a donkey brings it, hallelujah. If a chicken calls your attention to what God said, then listen. But God has voices in our lives that we hear. And so we want to give heed to those voices. He talked to me about this message. Now, I probably could have stole it, but you've seen me play CDs and DVDs in the church for a month at a time. Because I believe to give due to the people that have them, honor to honor. And I just don't, I don't like preaching somebody else's stuff because it didn't come from God for me. And so I can't live off that, and neither can you. So I like to bake fresh bread. I like to break it for you. And so they told me about this message, and I said, you know what? That's a great, great 
word. And so I said, you know what? I think this would be great for Easter Sunday. And so that's why I'm doing it. Not that I can't preach. It's that I choose not to preach. And I choose to give honor to the witness of the Lord. That's what I choose to do. And I know that you're here for that. And I know you're going to be blessed. So, uh, Randy, will you come up? And uh, this is my son-in-law, Randy Waters. And, uh, you know, we, we ride under there. All disclaimers that uh, anything that he says that you don't like has not been approved of us. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, but you're going to preach today? Absolutely. All right, good deal. Remember, keep it within the boundaries of the Bible. Absolutely. I won't take away from it, and I won't add to it, I promise. And I am shocked. About what? You have a jacket on. This is Easter. Once a year, i got to look good. <laughs> well, maybe next year you'll hit your goal, brother. Hallelujah. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. That's awesome. I don't All need right. that. I got your mic today. It is, but I'll tell you, the anointing is all over this thing. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, you know what? I like your outfit. I was going to buy that. <laughs> Woo. Hallelujah. You know what separates us from all the other religions is what we just saw today. The healings, the miracles, the signs, and the wonders. Amen. Hallelujah. God is in the healing business. The second thing that separates us from all other religions is they're all dead, and Jesus is alive and well. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen, amen. Well, today I, I want to talk to you. I guess the title of my message is called The Crowing of the Rooster. The Crowing of the Rooster. And, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the Gospels, and they all talk about the story of Jesus, but they all talk in their own way. They all say a little something different than the other guy. Uh, maybe something inspired them that didn't inspire Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and so on. And if I brought four of you guys up here today on stage after service was over and say, I just want four of you just to give us your experience of today, of the service. Tell, tell us what you thought about the service today. Each one of those four people would give something a little bit different. Because something maybe in, would have inspired one that didn't the other. God would have touched something, you know, that one said that the other didn't. So today, as we're talking, I'm going to probably jump from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John here and there. Because I want you to get the full aspect of what all of them said together. Amen? And so today we're going to talk about Simon Peter. Simon Peter. He was an amazing man of God. And we're going to talk about him pre-crucifixion. And we're going to talk about him after crucifixion. And, and I think during the message and even in the end of the message, you're going to see and find that we relate to Peter in an amazing way. Yeah, his story was over 2,000 years ago, but it will relate to you and I today, April 21st, 2019, on my 32nd birthday. So, anyhow... <laughs> Actually, I think I'm 48 today. Oh, my gosh. I'm glad I look 37. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so we're going to go. We're going to start out in the book of Luke. So if you have your Bibles, this is church. And I know it's Easter, and some of you probably haven't opened your Bibles up since last Easter. It's okay. 
You can open it up again today. <laughs> it's all right. Hallelujah. And we're going to start in the fifth chapter. And basically, Jesus just came out of the wilderness. He was there for 40 days. The devil tried to kill him, tried to get him to jump off of a rock and do other things. But he resisted the devil, and he fleed from him using the word. Now he's going, boom. I mean, he hit the ground running. He's already starting to preach in synagogues and in temples, which today they would be called churches in today's vocabulary. And, man, he's healing the sick. He's raising the dead. He's casting out devils, man, right away. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, he starts out quick. And then he goes to his own town where everybody knows him. Been raised, he's been raised up with those people. And he starts to talk to them in the synagogue. And he says some things that they didn't like. And immediately they decide they want to take him out to the edge of town and kill him. I, the guy just started ministry. And they already want to take him out to the edge of town and kill him. This is why I didn't get into ministry for years and years and years. I didn't want nothing to do with ministry because people were cruel. People were judgmental. And, you know, the edge of town in Bakken's is really close. It's like the edge of the parking lot. So I didn't want to get into ministry. And Jesus took it on. They already want to get rid of him. And we're going to start right here in the fourth verse. What's happening is Jesus went to a town. He took a boat out. And he's talking to the people right now. And in verse 4 it says, When he had stopped speaking... He said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and we've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and the net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners to come with the other boat and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And also there were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. Now that was Peter's first time he ever met Jesus. His first encounter, he sees an amazing miracle, which was awesome. Now, I want you to quickly jump over to Matthew, because Matthew says something that uh, Luke left out. But yet, when I read the whole book of Matthew, I find something interesting. Matthew isn't as detailed as Luke. I think Matthew was single, and Luke was married. I mean, that's what I think. I'm probably wrong. But because, you know, Luke had lots of details, and Matthew didn't. I mean, come on, guys. You know that when you're married, when you come home from work, your wife says, how'd you do? How was your day? Great. What'd you do today? Same as I do every day. That don't work with, with married, married women. Absolutely not. Women want our details. You know, who, did, did you like the lunch I fixed for you? Yes, I did, honey. The, the ham and cheese was awesome. The mayonnaise was put on just right. Thank you for putting the knife in there. Man, the sack was wrapped perfect. Woo! Well, how many things did you make today? I made 422. I messed two up. But, baby, you know what? I got it okay on that. The manager came over, said it was good. Man, we had a great day. I got in the car. It started a little rough, but you know what it started? I got home. Thank you, honey. All right? So I think Luke was married. Matthew, not so much. He didn't say a lot. But here, in this passage of Scripture, Matthew does say something that Luke didn't. And it's in 419. 
And in 419, then he said to them, after the miracle, after Peter had just said, man, please move away from me, he, Jesus says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And that's the first time Jesus said, follow me. The first encounter Peter ever had with Jesus, he gets in the boat. He hears the crowd. He hears Jesus preaching. Probably haven't heard anything like that in his life. And then all of a sudden, he does this amazing miracle. And when, when he sees it, he, he just stops, and he looks at Jesus, and, and he sees the goodness in Jesus. He sees the love of Jesus. And then he, he looks at himself, and he said, my God, I'm a sinner. I'm an evil person. And I don't... Jesus, just go away. I, I, you shouldn't even be in my presence. You shouldn't even be near because I'm so evil. And what does Jesus do? He looks at him and he says, come, follow me. Don't be afraid, Peter. I want to make you fishers of men. That was awesome. That was his first experience. And that's exactly what Peter did for the next three years over three years, he followed Jesus. He went with him everywhere, saw things that he had never seen before, saw the crowd start to get big, started seeing people get angry. It had to be an amazing three and a half years that Peter followed Jesus everywhere he went. And so now we're going to jump ahead to Matthew, the 26th chapter. Go to Matthew 26, and we're going to start in verse 31. So for three and a half years, he's following Jesus, seeing amazing things happen. And all of a sudden, Jesus lays a bomb on them one particular day. Just flat out, boom, throws it down. Don't you hate that when people do that? Oh, man, I hate that. You know, um, uh, Randy, when you get home, we got to talk. <laughs> Man, I don't like that. Are uh, you sitting down? I got to tell you something. I don't like those bombs. I don't like them. But Jesus, he throws a bomb at these guys just out of the blue. One day in, in verse 31, 26, then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. But Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. And then Jesus says to him, Assuredly, I say to you that this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even, even if I have to die with you, Jesus, I will never, ever deny you. <laughs> wow. Okay. So he's sincere. But remember, he's been with Jesus for three and a half years. And when I'm thinking about all this, I'm thinking, okay, okay, Peter. All right. You've been with Jesus three and a half years. You have seen miracles that nobody else has ever seen. I mean, you've seen him cast out devils. And the devils talk back and say, yo, man, can we go into those pigs? Go. And they go into the pigs, and then the commit, pigs commit suicide. 
off a cliff. I mean, can you imagine him going, what is going on? I mean, that had to be amazing in itself. He got to see Jesus raise the dead, raise many people from the dead, including a guy who'd been dead for four days. Walk out. Wow, that had to be unbelievable. Peter saw him command a storm to stop just with his words. Peter walked on the water at his command. Woo! Saw him feed thousands of people with just a few loaves and fishes twice. My gosh, he saw so much. He was, he was at the well when Jesus had that woman there. And all that lady runs back to town and says, yo, yo, come and see the man who told me everything I've ever done wrong. So he saw people read mail. But yet right here, right now, Jesus says, you are going to deny me, Peter. And Peter basically just ignores him. He ignores him completely, right? He says, absolutely not. I will never, ever deny you, Jesus. It's not going to happen. And then Jesus says, Peter, listen. <laughs> listen to me, buddy. I've never been wrong. <laughs> this night, this night, listen to me, son. Look into my eyes. This night, you are going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. I will not do it. If I have to die, I'm never going to deny you. That's something I'm not going to do, Jesus. In today's vocabulary, he says, cross my heart. I won't deny you can stick a needle in my eye, Jesus. It's not going to happen. And you know, here's the thing. We can relate to Peter right here. We can relate to him because this has happened to you and I. I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to be absolutely honest with me. And don't raise your hand until I tell you to raise your hand. But how many of you have done something wrong, have sinned, done something you're ashamed of and you've told your spouse, your kids, yourself, God, I'm never going to do this again. I promise. You're on your hands and knees. You're crying. I won't do this again. I'm sorry. You've repented for it. And yet you've done it again. Raise your hand if, you've, if that's you. Absolutely. My hand's raised. Everybody in here should have their hand raised right now. It should be 100% participation. And if it's not, then you've proved my point. Because there you go lying again and you said you wouldn't do it again. <laughs> we all have. We've all messed up. We've all been where Peter is getting ready to go. We didn't want to. We didn't mean to. But we've done it. And Peter's heart's sincere. I won't do it, Jesus. I'm not going to do it. And so there we move on to the next scripture verse. And this is going to be Matthew, the 26th chapter. Now we're going to move on down to 67. They've arrested Jesus. We're going to go uh, 26. Let's go 57 first. Matthew 26, verse 57. They've arrested Jesus. And those who had laid hold of Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. Now listen to this right here. This is very important. But Peter followed him at a distance. Say, at a distance. To the high priest's courtyard. And he went in and sat with the servants to see the end. 
Now let's jump down to verse 67. Well, let's go to 66. So they're, they're talking to Jesus. They're trying to say, yo, man, you say you're all this and that. And at the end, they all, the scribes and elders, they all look at each other and say, what do you think? And verse 66, and they answered and said, he is deserving of death. And so immediately, in verse 67, they began to spit on his face. They began to beat him, and others struck him with the palms of their hands, saying, prophesy to us, Christ, who is the one who struck you? Let us know. Verse, 16, verse 69, now Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him saying, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you're saying. And then when he had gone out to the gateway, so now, now he went even further away from Jesus. He was following him from a distance, but now he's gone even further. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow also was Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath, I do not know this man. So Jesus, so, so Peter doesn't just deny him, but now he went deeper. He went further. He denied him with an oath. And in today's vocabulary, that would be like putting your hand on the Bible and saying, I swear to God I do not know this man. Wow, that was a little deeper. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Wow. So he went from denying to now denying with an oath, swearing, I don't know him, to now denying him by cursing. Why did he have to curse? Why did those say, surely you're one of them? Why? Because guess what? He was with Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He talked like Jesus. He sounded like Jesus because he was with Jesus. You are who you hang around, yeah? So he was acting like a Christian, talking and walking like one. And so what did he have to do? He had to start cussing. I don't know that blankety-blank man. I don't know what the blank you're talking about. That blankety-blank, this blankety-blank, blank, 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 blank. You know, he was a sailor. So I'm sure that boy could cuss like one. <laughs> and then the Bible says that the rooster crowed. Wow, the rooster crowed. And then it says immediately he wept, went away and wept bitterly. Now that's sad. I'm never going to do this, Jesus. And he does it. But I want to show you another scripture verse that I found that I thought was absolutely amazing. And let's go to, jump over to Luke and see what Luke has to say about this. Go over to Luke and we're going to go to the 22nd chapter. And we're going to start in verse 60. This is the last time Peter started cursing. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately while he was speaking, the rooster crowed. And check this out. And then it says, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Wow. Can you picture this? Can you picture that? Here's what's amazing. 
Luke says that this had been going on for about an hour, punching him, spitting in his face, blindfolding him, beating him, and then asking, hey, who did this to you, Jesus? Huh? Come on, man. Prophesy. Beating him with the palm of their hands, making fun of him and hitting him. I'm sure by now he's bruised. He's bloody. He probably has a couple black eyes. Maybe he was bleeding from his head. I mean, if this was going on for an hour, can you imagine? These people were mean, nasty. The devil was all over them. And all of a sudden, in that, in the beatings, Jesus hears everything that Peter is saying. Heard everything. I'll never deny you, Jesus. It won't happen. I'll die with you first. And then he hears him deny him. And then he hears him deny him with an oath. And then he hears him cussing. <laughs> And what's even crazier yet is if all that is happening, when the rooster crows, Jesus turns and looks straight at him. He knew where he even was standing. Whew. And we don't know what Jesus may have looked like. He may have looked like this first picture right here. He may have looked at him like that, right at Peter. And Peter looked at him and then remembered the words before the rooster crows, you're going to die, deny me three times. And I can't imagine what Peter must have felt looking at that, looking back at him. Or maybe by an hour, Jesus was just so tired of getting beat that he was on the ground. And maybe he looked up at Peter, maybe like this picture here. We're not sure. He could have looked worse than that. He probably did. But what matters is that Peter looked at him and he looked at Peter and Peter went away bitterly crying. Wow, can you imagine that? Can you imagine how defeated you would feel if that happened to you? I can't imagine. I can't imagine at all. And I think that we can relate to Peter, Peter because maybe some of you were introduced to Jesus. You saw the goodness in him. You see what he did for you at the cross. And you said, I want him. And you saw how bad and evil that you were. And you gave your life to him. You come running to that cross. I want him. But over the years, you just started walking away, backing up, not following Jesus close, but you've been following him from a distance. And therefore, you've started doing things that you said you would never do after you give your life to him. And not only have you done them, but that you've done them again and again and again. And you feel defeated. And some of you might be here today. I've, I don't even attend church. I'm here at Easter. I don't even feel good. I don't know if I should even be here. I don't feel right. You feel just like Peter. And I know I've been to Africa 11 times now. And in Africa and all those foreign countries, there are roosters and chickens everywhere everywhere. Those of you who have been with us can attest to that. They're running the streets. They're, they're like wild animals. They're in cages. People are on bicycles, you know, with them in cages. And you talk about fresh chicken. KFC has nothing on Africa because when you go over a speed bump, they're there with those chickens and roosters holding them upside down. They're alive. I mean, we're talking about fresh. Richard, you would like fresh. This is fresh meat, man. I stuck my head out and said, can I pet one? Sure. Them suckers are alive. <laughs> That's ridiculous. But they're everywhere. And just less than a month ago, I came back from Nairobi, and we was over there in orphanages. 
And we were in this specific orphanage, and there was a bunch of kids around, and we had taken suitcases of, of clothes and clean underwear, brand new underwear and shoes and toothbrushes that, that Tim Luntz always gives us to take overseas. And, and this particular orphanage, kids had to share the toothbrushes. So thank God we got them new toothbrushes. But I'm sitting there, and I'm doing my object lessons, my tricks for the kids, and we're talking about Jesus. And there's a, there's a, a stinking rooster that every five minutes, and it was okay at first. It was a little annoying, but about the 12th time that thing did that, I was like, shut that thing up. This thing don't know morning from night. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Got some duct tape. I was annoyed by that thing. But it was just annoying to me. But think about Peter. Every time he heard a rooster crow, all he could see was those bloody eyes looking back at him. All he could see was that blood dripping down his face. All he could see was that every time a rooster crowed, the devil would bring back that to his remembrance. You're a loser. You're a liar. You're nothing. You're a failure. He's accuser of the brethren, isn't he? That's exactly what he does. So every time a rooster crowed, all he could see was how, how bad he was. And so the Bible says, if you'll turn to John, the 20, 21st chapter, John 21, and verse 4, it said, Peter decided that he was going to go fishing. Now, what does that mean? Here's what that means. Peter decided that he was going to go back to who he was before he ever met Jesus. I can't take it. I can't take the guilt. I can't take the agony. There's no way he's ever going to be able to use me again because of what I did. So he went back to the old man. Went back to what he did before he met Jesus. And you know, he just didn't do it. But the Bible says that the disciples followed him as well. They went as well. So, you know, when you make these decisions, it just doesn't affect you. A lot of times it affects your family too. The ones you love because they're following you. They're doing what you do, especially kids. Amen? And, you know, here's the thing. He did fail him. He denied him. He let everybody down. There would be no peace and quiet forever in his life with those chickens roaring all the time. <laughs> Amen? But here's the thing. This could have been the end of a very bad story for Peter for the rest of his life. I don't know, sometimes it drives people to suicide. I mean, to see what he saw and to deny and look straight into those eyes, it may have could have drove him to suicide. Who knows? But here's the good thing. It's not the end of the story. It's not the end of Peter's story because of this right here. Because of the cross. Because of the death, the burial, and the resurrection. It's not the end of his story and it's not the end of our story. It's the beginning of our story. Come on, thank God for the resurrection. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank God. And in John 21 and verse 4, it says this, that when the morning had now come, 
Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And then Jesus said to them, listen to this, children, have you have any food? And they answered him, no. What did he call them? Hey, losers. Hey, yo, you deniers. <laughs> hey, you runawayers. No. Children. Oh, my gosh, that's so awesome. Children, have you have any food? I don't know who that is. You know who that is? I don't know who that is. No, we don't. <laughs> okay. Then throw your net on the other side of the boat, and you will have some. So they cast the net. And the Bible says they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of the fish. Whoa. What's happening here, guys? What's happening? John, the Bible said, whom Jesus loved, said, hey, hold up here. We've seen this miracle before over three years ago. This happened. The same thing happened over three years ago. Yo, yo, Peter, Peter, this has to be the Lord. And before you know it, the Bible says that Peter jumped out of the boat and dove in the water. Wow. And he's swimming to shore like crazy. And then the guys in the boat, with all, they're all they're trying to get to shore as well. And what's Jesus doing? Jesus is there at the shore. The Bible says that he's got fish ready. He's got a fire going. He's got bread there. He's saying, children, come on. Come on. Come on. I'm waiting on you. I've got it all ready. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to prepare nothing. It's already done for you. Come on. Let's eat. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. That's a breakfast of restoration right there. You know, I taught something like this a couple years ago back in slam class, my second to fourth graders. And I asked the kids, I said, guys, I said, Jesus didn't have a fishing pool or anything. I said, how do you think those fish got on the fire? And one little boy said, Pastor Andy, he commanded him to get on the fire. I said, I like what you think, boy. I like how you think. He did. <laughs> get out of that water. Come in this thing. <laughs> so he was waiting, waiting on them. And they come up and they began to eat. And they began to talk to Jesus. And Jesus wasn't angry. He wasn't upset. He called them children. And he looked at Peter. And he asked Peter three times, do you love me? Three times. Well, he denied him three times, remember? So he asked him, do you love me? And of course, Peter says, yes, I, I do love you, Jesus. And he asked him again, do you love me? Yes, I love you. I love you, Jesus. Then good, go feed my sheep. And the third time, Peter, do you love me? And the Bible says he was a little aggravated this time. Jesus, you know all things. You know I love you. Well, good. Now, he wasn't asking Peter if he loved him to convince Jesus that he loved him. Jesus already knew that Peter loved him. Jesus knew that Peter loved him even when he was denying him. Those three times he knew that he loved him. He knew it. No, no, basically, he wanted to make sure Peter understood that it was okay that you messed up. It's okay, Peter. I knew you were going to mess up. I tried to tell you that you were going to, and you wouldn't listen. <laughs> he wanted him to know that it, you didn't want to do that. I understand that. 
and to give him a second chance. That second miracle was a second chance. He's doing it again this time after the resurrection. He wanted Peter to know, I know you messed up. It's okay. I know you love me. It's okay. I love you. That's never changed. Now go. Do it again. And do it right this time. Follow me, then he said at the end of that verse. He said it again. Follow me. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. The Bible reveals that the same man who looked into the eyes of Jesus and denied him is the same man who started the first church over 2,000 years ago at the week of Pentecost. <laughs> the same man who denied Jesus and ran away is the same man who said, Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give unto you. And that man who was sitting there, who knows, for years at the gate, could not move. He told him to get up. And he got up and he was healed instantly and ran into that synagogue praising and worshiping God. Hallelujah. The same man who cursed as he was denying Jesus did just the opposite in Acts 4.12 where he was threatened again by those people. Threatened again. How dare you? You're going to die, buddy. And guess what? This time he was under the power of the Holy Ghost. And what did he say this time? Oh, he didn't back down at all. He said, there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, but that's the name of Jesus. There is no other name. Now do what you will, people. Come and get me. You want some? He didn't deny this time. Absolutely not, because Jesus was with him, and he was following him closely. Amen. The same man under such a strong anointing was walking and people were laying down as his shadow passed by those people and they were healed. The same man who denied him three times looked into those bloody eyes. Jesus says, I love you, Peter. I love you. It's okay. And today, I want to do something a little bit different. There's these areas around the sanctuary and you have a sheet with you. If you have that sheet with you, please get it out. It has different titles on the sheet. And you can have a pencil ready, a pen ready, whatever, whatever you want there. If you don't have one of these sheets, please raise your hand because there's somebody going to give you one. If you don't have one, raise it high. Thank you, guys. Thank you, ushers. You guys are awesome. We love you. Help these guys get one of these sheets right now. Keep them held high because you're going to want these. You're going to want these. You're going to want to use these. And I'm going to explain to you what these are. They're different topics. And, and some of these topics are located around the sanctuary at different stations for you today. And, and maybe you're sitting here today and, and you and God are good. You're following him closely. There's no problems. You don't hear the rooster crowing in your ear about different things. So I encourage you just to sit where you are. When I dismiss everybody to do their thing, just sit where you are and just give God some praise. Just give him some praise for who he is and what he's done for you. And then on the second sheet, it's called Be Still. Maybe your life is so busy, you're doing good, you're following Jesus, there's no crow <laughs> hitting you. But you haven't heard from Jesus in a while because you're just so busy. You're just so busy. I encourage you just to be still for a few minutes and let him talk to you while you're sitting there. You might want to reflect on what he's done for you at the cross and take communion by yourself 
or maybe even take communion with your family. That's awesome. When I release everybody, just come up and take communion. Lay down, pray, whatever you want to do. You can do this today. You might love Jesus, but follow him from a distance because you've lost hope on something that you've been praying for. Maybe it's healing in your body. Maybe it's a spouse to be saved. Maybe it's a child. You want come, to come back to the Lord, but he just seems like, or she seems like they're going further away. They're not coming to me, and you've, you've lost hope. You've given up the dream. Maybe you want a brand new home. That's fantastic. Maybe you want a new car. Maybe you want something like that, but it just seems like it's so far away you can't reach it. You've lost the dream. You've given up on it. Don't give up on it. Don't do it. Don't lose hope. Come back up to this station, these two stations on the end. Write whatever it was down. Thank God for it and rebirth that dream that you once had for something and hang it on that tree and thank God that it's going to happen for you. You might have been sitting here listening to the message and you have unforgiveness in your heart. Unforgiveness is a horrible thing. It creates bitterness and even physical sickness. It's a bait of Satan, just like a fence is. And you know what? You have to draw closer to Jesus. You want to, but yet you hear that crow. You can't draw close to me because you have unforgiveness in your heart. Yeah, you know what he did to me. You know what? Look what Peter did to Jesus. Cussing. Carrying on. Looked him right in the eyes. And he still called him a child. He still says, I know you love me. And he was waiting on him. Waiting on him at the shore. Wasn't angry, wasn't upset, and neither is God with you. So go forgive at that station. Give it to God and let him deal with it and start walking close to Jesus. Maybe you need to remember the things that the Lord has done for you. Well, I feel alone. I feel that I'm by myself. Nobody cares. Jesus does everything for them, but he does nothing for me. That's not true. He's done so much for you. You just need to remember what he's done for you. Go back and remember all the good things that he has done for you. This world can weigh us down. It causes us to follow Jesus from a distance. The rooster is constantly crowing in your ear. You said maybe you'd commit to church a year ago. You haven't. You know, you'd give your life to Jesus, but so many things have have just weighed me down. The weight of the world is on my shoulders. You need to go back, give your burdens to Jesus for they are light and begin to run free again in Him. Amen? And maybe you're here today and you're not following Jesus at all. Maybe you've never been to church before. Maybe this is your first time. We was witnessing down in South Carolina to a lady. She had never been in church her whole life. She lives in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I was witnessing to her. Greg was there, and, and so was Jamie Compton, and we were witnessing to her. She had never attended church in her whole life, and we found out that she's six minutes away from a tongue-talking, Bible-believing church. And we started praying for her, and she looked at her kids and said, you want to go to church? And her eight-year-old said, watch church, Mommy. They were there. They heard this. And said, yeah, I want to go to church. And we prayed for her that day, that she would have an experience with Jesus. So, you know, I've heard it my whole life, but 
You know, I, I, just, I just don't know. You know what? Today's your day. If you want to receive him as your personal Savior, maybe you've got it all together in the world's eyes. Maybe you don't need anything. Maybe you've got great cars and wonderful houses and, and good kids, but you just don't have Jesus. Good people don't go to heaven. It's only through him that we're going to get there. And if that's you today and you're saying, man, I like what I'm hearing. I like what I'm feeling inside. I want this. I want this in my life. This family has nothing to do with this stinking building. It has to do with us. We're the church. This building is just here to hopefully you'll come and, 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 and be assembled together every week. And you say, I want this. Well, then this is for you today. And when I say go, then you get up here right now in front of this cross and we're going to pray for you. Maybe you're sitting there today and you say, you know what, I, I, I follow him from a distance. I do love him, and he knows you love him. But I continue to do things that I didn't want to do, and I, I'm doing them again and again and again. I've backslid. I've fallen away. I'm not even talking to him anymore. I love him, and you know he loves you. This is for you today. Come, jump out of that boat and run up here. And rededicate your life to him today. Listen, yeah, but, 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 you know, I do this and I do this and I do that. We are such ridiculous people. Let's just catch the fish and let God clean them, can we? Huh? Ultimately, God is your judge, nobody else. It doesn't matter what you did. Run up here because we love you. We care about you. It's okay. Alexis sang that song. I dug my grave. Yeah, you did dig a grave. We all dig, dug our graves. But guess what? He's still calling. He's still calling. He's still rolling stones away. And he wants to roll yours away right now. So right now, everybody stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. And you know, you may want to go to all the stations. You may need to go to just two or three or four stations. Whatever you're feeling, just go ahead right now. Get up. Go to those stations. Spend a little bit of time with God. If you want to rededicate your life, then come on up here right now. We're going to pray for you. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, then come on up here. We're going to pray for you. There's somebody at each station. So get out of your seats right now. Come on. Go on. Come on. Get out of your seats. Go to those stations right now. If you want to take communion, come. Take communion. They're everywhere. There's people there. They'll help you. They'll pray with you. Whatever you want to do, this is your time with God. This is between you and Him. Come on, let's draw closer to Him. Let's not follow Him from a distance anymore. Let's tell that rooster to shut up. Come on, hallelujah. Okay, Lexus. Thank you, Jesus.
So here we have some stations, and in the comments below, you can find a link that has everything in this packet. We encourage you to join with us. Also, if you would like to take communion, you don't have to be here to do it. We encourage you to do it in your home with your family. So we encourage you to keep on watching live stream. We'll be back in a little bit. Too far. 
Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for moving in this house today. Hallelujah. Healing. Healing hearts, Father, and minds in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, Father. Hallelujah. That your love, Father, runs deep in this place today. God, I thank you for mending relationships, Father, right now. God, you hear their prayers. You hear their cries. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't miss this opportunity. You might be sitting there today. Come on. Don't let the devil talk to you. Don't let that rooster keep crowing in your ear. Come on. Just take that first step. Jump out of that boat. Watch what Jesus does for you. Hallelujah. Because you're special and you're loved and you're cherished. Don't let the devil lie to you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Praise you, praise you, praise you, Father. Glory. Um, right now our congregation is going around to some different stations. In the comments below, there's a link that has everything in this packet if you'd like to join us. Also, we encourage you to take communion in your home as well with your family. So just leave a comment below if you have any prayer requests or anything at all, and somebody will get back with you. So just keep on watching, and we'll be back. Too far gone. 
You know, I know this sounds strange, and I don't know why I feel like this, but I feel the Lord is, is telling, telling you to go hug somebody. I don't know. That's odd. That's weird. Just give somebody a hug. Tell them you love them. Tell them you appreciate them. Tell them you're so thankful that they're here, that you're part of the body. You're part of this body. Just love on them for a minute. I don't know. That's so weird. But that's just what I feel right now in my spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Tell them you care about them. Tell them you love them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for Easter. Thank you for the cross, Lord God. Thank you for taking our place. Thank you for loving us so much. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And I know that you're, you're still sitting around. Things are still happening. God's still moving. God's still healing. He's still setting free. Dreams are being reignited. Hallelujah. You've given your burdens to Him. You're talking to Him. He's talking back. You're remembering the good things that He's done for you today. We're gonna, I just want to pray a blessing over you as we dismiss and and don't stop what you're doing. If you're still there, you're still praying. Whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. It's fine, but we're going to pray right now. I just want to bless you guys. And those of you that want to go, you can go. Those of you who want to stay, stay under this anointing, under what God is doing. Father, I come before you right now. And, and God, I just bless everybody in this house. God, I pour a blessing on their family. God, a blessing on their homes a blessing on their business. God, whatever they are doing, I ask for the blessing just to overtake them today. Lord God, I thank you for covering them. Lord God, with the blood. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you that their lives will never be the same. I thank you for touching each and every one of them. I thank you for protecting them as they go on this Easter Sunday. God, we thank you for what you did for us at the cross. We thank you for that resurrection. We thank you for taking our place today. We thank you for loving us, even though we're still going to mess up. We're still going to do things wrong. But God, as we walk close, closer to you, those things will just fall off of us. God, those addictions will just fall off of us. Those things that have been hindering us will just fall off of us, God, as we walk close to you. And the God, that rooster will not have a say. We will not give ear to that thing. In Jesus' name, I thank you for family. I thank you for friends. I thank you that we've been brought together to help one another. I thank you for this Easter, God. We give you praise for everything you've done and are still doing and are going to do in 